Hey everybody, welcome to Keyboard Cripper, this is Michael. Thought I'd uh, go over some stuff that's been, I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully pass along some of what I've learned so you don't make the same mistakes and lose a bunch of money. Learn from my mistakes. Do as I say, not as I do. Okay, here we go. Um, at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, I've got, you know, there's a little bit of a bull run. I've got some funds. Not really. It's all until I actually sell it. It's not really there. It's all on paper. Um, but I was like, oh, I want to do what all these rich people are doing. I hear that, like they're making all this money farming and yield farming and potting plants and growing. I don't know. Wait, just I feel like every day it's a different different word. Um, so I started looking into it and like pretty much all of uh, sushi swap and all that. I missed the button on all those and I was like, you know, I feel like there was a new rug every minute, and so I was kind of glad I missed that. Um, but then. You know, so somebody that I know who I trust said, oh, look at BowSwap. I was like, okay. So I jump in there. And that was the first time I had done anything like that, um, providing liquidity. And what liquidity is, I think I mentioned it um, in the last one where I talked about getting rugged and doing a lot of different stuff. Um, it's where you provide, like if you're doing like an ETH to die liquidity pool. So you have, so let's say you have $2,000. You put $1,000 of ETH on one side and you put $1,000 of DAI on the other side and you create a token that is those two things together. And that way people can swap back and forth. You're providing liquidity for people to, you know, make trades. Because that's what, in a decentralized exchange, that's how you have to do it. You have to have pools everywhere. You can either do individual pools or you can do liquidity pairs or... Liquidity pairs are a little weird because you can lose money that way. Um, like if the price drops, you can get liquidated and you know, I'll go, it's just you can lose everything, especially if it gets rug pulled. Um, and I'm wondering if they did that on purpose so that people could rug pull. It just seems kind of odd that you would have that feature in there. <laughs> you know, sounds like a bug. Maybe it's a feature. Maybe this has all been a scam from the beginning. Um, so I went on BowSwap, I created the liquidity pair, and it's, it's like a four-step process because first you have to exchange for some Bow, and then you have to create the liquidity pair, and then you have to put the liquidity pair, and then you have to stake the liquidity pair. So it's three steps just to get your funds into the pool. So the first, you know, the first is buying, and this is, you know, it's it's on ETH, and and. Ethereum fees are just, uh, I don't even want to say it. This is it's like, it's so frustrating how expensive it is. And as somebody without a lot of money, it's not a good idea to be doing this stuff because the, the fees are so expensive and you're just doing transaction after transaction after transaction, you're just racking up these fees. And it's just not cost. It's, it's, it's cost prohibitive is what I'm realizing. Um, so I did that and, and like an idiot, I was like, Oh, I'll just do like a thousand dollars. I'll do half in ETH and half in, in bow. Um, not realizing at the time 
that the third transaction fee, which is putting the liquidity into the pool, was going to be the most expensive one at like $400. So I made the trade for like 15 bucks. Then I made the liquidity pair for like 100 bucks. And then I tried to put it into the pool and it was like $380. So the total, like the total three transactions combined was like, it was about like $480, $500. With only using a hundred, with only using a thousand dollars of liquidity. So my thousand dollars investment now, I'm already down 50% in the first three minutes, you know, of, of I haven't even done anything yet and I'm already down 50%. So I was, you know, making, so what happens is when you put a liquidity pair in, you get a percentage of the transaction fees. Um, and that, like, that's your reward for staking your liquidity pair. So I was getting transaction fees and it was going up. And at one point I more than doubled my original um, buy-in. I was like, okay, cool. So I look at the price and it's like, wow, apparently I bought at the top because even with doubling um, my original buy-in, I'm still at break-even. So now I've, I've essentially, like, especially against ETH, I've, I've pretty much lost like 100% of my investment. So then I went over to, I was like, well, fuck, I'm never doing that again. I'm never ever providing liquidity um, on Ethereum ever again. Uh, it's just too expensive. The fees are just outrageous. Um, so then, you know, the whole Binance smart chain thing went ape shit. So I went over there and I was doing it over there. And, you know, like I said, I ended up, I ended up at the end of the day, just like breaking uh, just, just below even, I think I lost like a hundred bucks total. No, because I bought, I bought those stupid bunks. So, you know, if I ever sell those, I'll probably break even or, or be a little bit up, a tiny bit up. But that that gave me a great opportunity to explore farming for cheap, relatively cheap, um, and an experiment with it without losing huge sums of money on the transaction fees. But here's the trick that you have to be aware of is that a lot of times, especially on, so on decentralized exchanges, there's two different boxes. So there's the box where you're filling in all the information and you click, you know, approve or send or whatever. And then the MetaMask thing pops up and that shows you the transaction fee. That's the transaction fee on the network. And I don't think a lot of people are realizing that. If you look at that first box where you're hitting approve, right on the bottom, it says liquidity fee. And it can be up to like $10 sometimes, even on Binance Smart Chain. So I tested out um, Av Avalanche, the Avalanche network, AVAX, and everyone's like, oh, you got to go to Pangolin. You got you know, it, to use Avalanche. The fee, it's, it's like the fees are non-existent. They're so cheap. They're so cheap compared to Ethereum. And I, I kept listening to them more and they kept on saying so cheap compared to Ethereum. They weren't saying so cheap. They kept saying so cheap compared to Ethereum. That's what I started to realize. So I went over there and I checked it out. And he did two swaps. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. 
that just cost me $16. So I went back and I looked at the transaction fee. I was like, okay, 0.1 AVAX or point, it was, it was 0.2 AVAX and 0.2 AVAX when it was at $25. Okay. So that's a few bucks. Um, that's $5 actually. No, I don't know. It was 0.1. So it was 250, dollars and 50 cents just for the transaction fee on the network. Not and then I look back and look at the liquidity pools and for um, AVAX to die, you know, two big blue chip cryptos. So usually, the the I think the gist of what I'm getting is the less liquidity, the the higher the fee. So if you're getting some really random um, altcoin that you know that there, there's no liquidity in the pool or anything like that, you're gonna pay. Like you're gonna have higher slippage, meaning the rate's going to change during the transaction. So they're going out and they're, they're trying to do it for you. And sometimes they may go out there and be like, hey, it's only going to cost like, you know, one, uh, you know, 0.1, whatever. Uh, it's only going to cost like two die to, for, for the, for, to make the liquidity trade. And they'll send it out there and everyone's like, and all of a sudden prices jack up. Everyone's like, oh no, we're not going to do it for two. And they're like, okay, well, how about 225? And they're like, eh, okay. And so you can set that slippage fee to like one, two, three percent, um, in 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 the process, like before you hit send, before you approve, and as long as it's in within that slippage fee that you that you set, it's already it's usually set like between like one and three percent. As long as it's within that slippage, as long as it's within that percentage, they'll approve the transaction. If the slippage fee goes outside of that, it'll just automatically cancel it, and you'll lose like a small amount of money. Um, but so, you know, on Avalanche, the fees are the the liquidity fees are really high because no one's there. So every so I, I I someone on Twitter was like, "You got to go to Avalanche. It's so cheap. It's so cheap." And I posted screenshots. No, I said uh, I I replied, "Hey, um, it's not actually that cheap. Like, it costs like twenty bucks for two transactions." They're like, "That's fucking bullshit, man. Why are you fudding? Blah blah blah. You know, screenshots are it's not true." So I took screenshots and sent it to them. Like nobody replied. Dead silence. I don't think anybody realizes how how high the liquidity fees are in these pools. They're just looking at the transaction. I don't think they realize they're just burning money left and right on these liquidity pool. So this is the danger of of decentralized exchanges. And this is this happens on XDAI. Okay. So then I went to XDAI. They have a they have a a solid bridge from Ethereum to XDAI. Um, I'm pretty sure XDAI is a side chain. I don't really understand, and I need to look. I need to look this up. So, I'll try to get somebody on to answer these questions. I don't know the difference right now between a layer two solution like Optimism or Arbitrum and a side chain like XDAI. So I don't really understand the difference yet, so I will look. I will look into that and and uh, figure that out and then share that. So I want an X die. You know, like one penny transaction fees. I'm like this is amazing. So Binance Smart Chain, that all the Ethereum people keeps claiming is centralized and has twenty validators, and they say that CZ owns all twenty of the validators, so it's just completely centralized chain. Okay, um, I'll take your word for it. I don't. No, I, there's no way for me physically to, to test that or like to, to find out if that's true or not. Um, 
even if I had CZ on the show, I don't think he would admit to that. So even with that, it was like on average anywhere from like nine to 20 cents per transaction, which compared to Ethereum, that's great. I mean, and if you're only making a few transactions a week or a month, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's great. Um, but then you have to look at the liquidity fees, the liquidity pool fees. And those are just, those can be just as, I mean, you know, like $3 here, $5 there, $10 there. It just starts to add up. And so if you're farming, you're hopefully making that money back. But if you make mistakes, you're like, I made a few mistakes. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, I'll just, instead of providing like a, a liquidity pair, I'll just put in, put it in the stake pool. Like put some like Ethereum or put some BNB or put some BUSD or put some whatever, you know, hot potato fucking whatever coin is, is hot that at that moment in, in, a, in a liquidity pool by itself. You get less um, interest, but you don't have to worry about um, impermanent loss, which is like if the, if the prices. So here's what happens. If you have, let's say I have an ETH. Uh, USDC pair and ETH goes from 2000 down to 1000 what happens is I'm not 100% sure why so I need to like ask somebody about this but what happens is I start to get more Ethereum and less of my USDC so it's trying to like average it out so they're roughly the same price at that point um, so when a rug pull happens what happens is the price goes to zero, and so you end up with a billion of, of like, so like, let's say somebody rug pulled Ethereum, for whatever. So th- that doesn't happen because Ethereum's the the chain. So what happens like, so somebody makes it like hot potato coin, and you pair hot potato coin with USDC, and hot potato coin goes to zero. What happens is to balance that out, you get like a billion hot potato coins, and then no no more USDC. And then that hot potato coin is, is, is worthless because you can't sell it. So you you essentially have nothing at that point. That's that's the scam. So you have to just be you have to be prepared for that if you're gonna if you're gonna um, provide liquidity pools for 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 shady sketchy things. And uh, um, TJ, who we had on a couple weeks ago, he it. it if you're not if if you're thinking about any of this stuff, I'll I'll provide a link to the Discord. I'll do an invite to the Discord and and um because there's just so much information out there, and he's providing a platform with just really good people who uh, don't mind answering questions and also come across stuff and and. Like if you hear of something, you can throw it out there, and people are like, oh, that you know that looks kind of shady or this or you know that looks solid. They have a good team because there's just so much there's just so much information out there. It's really hard to do it all on your own. Um, but he said, look, that high APY, you know, that's that's really enticing, and you can see it, and we're like, oh, fifty thousand, oh my god, blah, blah, blah. and then you know, two hours later they rug pull. So you know, you got to be like high APY is a big red flag. Where's that money coming from? They're just, you know, that's how the whole thing with sushi swap and, and all those different ones in the beginning is just like people were making tons and tons of money. But but the trick is on Ethereum, you can get away with this on, on Binance Smart Chain, 
Um, they're already kind of starting to do it on XDI. I did it on XDI for a day and got zero reward. So I didn't know what was going on with, with XDI. Um, I forget. I think it was based off, off, off the Honey Swap one. And it had these pools and it had the APY and I didn't get any reward. And so I was like, okay, I need to like read up on that one and see why. But um, somebody in the Discord group said, look, if you're not going to provide $10,000 minimum, he goes, you can do less. You can do like down to 2000 But if you're not doing, you know, five to $10,000 in the liquidity pool, it's not really worth it, especially on Ethereum. On, on, you can get away with it on, on Binance Smart Chain if you find one that's actually legit and doesn't, and doesn't pull, rug pull. But on Ethereum, the fees are just so high. Like what happened with me and Bao, you end up losing all your money. And it's just not worth it in the long run. Um, you have to have X amount of money to to eat those costs and still make it so you're making a really good profit. And on top of that, it's a big risk because you don't know if it's a rug pull or not. So I really suggest leave all that stuff for the millionaires. I mean, because this is one of those things where it's just like, they're kind of playing roulette and you know the they're doing it so like they can if you're a million if if I'm a millionaire I can drop 10,000 here 10,000 there 10,000 there 10,000 there and if only one of them hits I'm in a 10x and I'll still be still be really like in a lot of profit but for people like you and me if you're working class like I am you know, you're dropping, like if you do like 500, 500, 500, 500, the fees alone, you're, you're not making any money. You're, you're, you're spending, you're spending money to lose money. And that's just not a smart bet in this situation. And then on top of that, if you're an American, as we heard from Sharon Yip, who was on last week, not only are you paying for the profit you made, but every single time you you put money in a pool. So let's say you had Ethereum for three months and it went from $100 to $2,000 in the course of like six months. So you're, you haven't had it for a year yet. And then you turn around and you put it into a liquidity pool. That counts as a transaction. Anytime you're like making a trade because you have to trade for something to create that liquidity token, Hello, taxable event. So you just got taxed on that $100 to $2,000 gain. So if you put all your money in the liquidity pool and you have it sitting in there, and then all of a sudden the IRS is going to be like, hey, you owe us like, you know, five grand. And you're like, oh shit, I don't have any money. It's all stuck in this stupid liquidity pool. And you got to pull that out and pay all these fees, blah, blah, blah. So, and every time you get interest from that liquidity pool, you have to report that and pay fees on that too. So it just, it, the fees are ridiculous. And, you know, you can blame the U.S. government. It, we have complete idiots running the helm at this point. You know, left and right, they don't understand. Um, they don't understand that at this point, people are still trying to figure out the best way to do stuff. And sure, 
there's going to be a little bit of money left on the table that 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 the IRS could be, you know, collecting and using for the greater good. But at this point, I, th- I feel like they really need to, to adjust their numbers where if, you know, if the person's wealth is like under 200000 under 100000 or something like that in crypto, it's just not worth it because there's still just so much danger out here that to have to pay every single time we make a transaction, it's just it's just moronic. I mean, I, I don't, there's no other way to say it. It's just absolutely moronic. And the only people who would want to do that are rich people who want to keep poor people in a, in a, in a position of not being able to build their own wealth. And I feel like a lot of laws in our country, in this country especially, are built that way to keep people in a position where it's, it's cost prohibitive to take risks to become wealthy. Whereas in other countries, it's not. I mean, like pretty much every other country in the world, you don't have to pay taxes every time you make a trade crypto to crypto. It's not a taxable event. You just tax, you just pay taxes when you, when you exit the market, you know, back into fiat. And then you pay, you know, if you have profit, then you pay a percentage on that. It's just so much simpler. And then I hear stories of people in other countries where they get a postcard. I shit you not, a postcard that they fill out, send it back in, and that's their taxes for the year. A fucking postcard. Whereas, and they all pay more taxes than us and have all these, you know, great benefits and, you know, unemployment and vacation and this and that. And, you know, we're doing 30 pages of taxes having to hire an accountant and this and that. And we, you know, and we're lucky if we get two, two weeks a year for vacation. We're lucky if we can figure out how to collect unemployment, if the unemployment office is even up and running in their state. Um, our, our country's collapsing, and I'm, for the first time, I'm actually kind of worried just because you get idiots like Joe Manchin from West Virginia who cares more about, you know, making his 174000 a year than he does about giving people like you and me an extra hundred bucks a week for four months, for five months. It's like, and he claims he's a Democrat. So it's like, this is not left and right. This is just greedy, rich people not wanting poor middle-class people to, you know, be stable during a situation like COVID. Okay, let me get back to what I was talking about. Um, okay. So bow swap, $500 in fees. I decided to pull out the liquidity pair and break that up, um, to try to just kind of condense my portfolio. Once I was like, okay, I'm done farming. I'm done all that. Unfortunately, all the profit that I made in bow, they had that locked up. I didn't read the fine print. So I got my original out. Now I'm stuck with that other stuff in there for like three years or something, something ridiculous. So like I'm just writing that off as, as zero. So I I pretty much lost as much as I gained, just in fees. So so everything that I pulled out from from the original pair, that was that that like a hundred percent of that was taken in fees. So that was a bad learning experience because I ended up losing money. So I lost a thousand dollars probably on that. Lost two thousand dollars on that rug pull. Um, 
what else? More than that. Like, yeah, ridiculous amounts on the rug pull. Um, there are a couple, I don't, I don't, I, I'm really hesitant to, I'm really hesitant to name things that, that kind of worked out. Cause I don't want to like endorse it and have people like go into it and then have it become a rug pull down the line and people get mad at me. But I will talk about like the communities that I like. Um, cause I, you know, I jumped into a bunch of different communities and, and, uh, so if you, if you are looking around at something, I would say like, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm gonna say what I, the, the groups I enjoyed, one was ape swap on, um, the Binance smart chain. It has a very like doge esque feel to it. Um, and it's just like fun memes and, you know, good people and the telegram is just a lot of fun. Um, I don't have any in there right now. Um, but like one of the guys, one of the, um, one of the, I don't know, there's some, there was some guy in there and, and he's in the middle of surgery and he's posting pics. And so a few people sent money to him, like five bucks, uh, just enough to whatever. And that's the thing though. It's like, we live in a such we live in a world now. And especially in this space, like that could all be a scam. Somebody could find pictures of somebody who was getting surgery and post them up there and have people send him money. So that everything comes, comes back to that whole thing of like, never do anything with cryptocurrency that you like never invest more than you can afford to lose. You know, because I don't want to be a person in my life who, if someone says, Hey, um, I'm, you know, I'm in the hospital, I'm in the hospital. They're really not sure what's going on. I've got these ear things. You know, the dude's got a big scar on the back behind his ear. And uh, I, don't, I don't really want to be the kind of person who's like scam, bot, fake, about everything. It's just, it's, it's a horrible, like, I just from like a moral standpoint, it like that's not how I want to live my life anymore. I've never wanted to live my life. Like, I don't want to give a dollar to every single homeless per- person because I understand there's better ways of feeding those people. But I also don't want to just turn my nose and be like, fuck you. You know, every once in a while, if I'm, if I'm standing, you know, there's this one homeless guy down the street with me. He's missing his eye. And not just his eye. He's missing like half his face. And he's homeless. And, I, you know, the place I get a cup of coffee once a week there's a pizza place next door and he walks up and they won't let him in. And, you know, they feel bad about it, but they're like, he, I don't even know why. I, mean, I don't know if he scares people. He doesn't, he's just like, he's the most quiet, you know, like passive guy. So it's not, I don't think he's scaring them, but like he doesn't cover his face at all. So he's got this like big gaping hole in his face. And I don't mean like, you know, make a fist, if you're a grown man, make a fist, put your two fists together. That's how fucking big the hole is in his face. Like he's missing the whole eye socket, the whole cheekbone, like everything. It's just gone. Probably had like cancer or something like that. Or I don't, I don't know what happened. You know, so when I see him, I go in and I grab him a couple slices and I grab him, you know, a drink. 
Like I don't want to I don't want to be that kind of person. So I look for communities that just I feel like after a certain amount of time at my age, I'm in my 40s now, at my age I feel like especially for bartending for 20 years, I feel like I'm a reasonable judge of character and I can identify shady things pretty quickly. So like I kind of just I I jump around from community to community and I and I you know put out the feelers and I just try to get a sense of the tone of a community and just like the general vibe and that's what drew me to the nano community this is that's what drew me to this ape swap community I do hold some nano I don't hold any ape swap right now um that's what I kind of, you know, originally liked about the Doge community. But and with the Doge community, I wasn't really ever a part of it because I wasn't on any any online chat groups. And this was before Telegram and was big, and and uh, so I never really got into that group. But um, even from far away, I can still get a sense of the vibe, and I knew everything about Doge, about like the community, how like they fundraised for the Jamaican bobsled team, and you know, and and doing all this great stuff. Like that, I kind of get a sense from ApeSwap. So I hope I'm not wrong. Even as a self-proclaimed, I don't want to say master, but as somebody who excels at being able to read people, because I have to for for my job. And when I'm acting, I have to be, you know, you have to be able to get a sense of when someone's like not in the moment and not being real. And and, uh, so... You know, even even with all that, even for doing it as long as I've been doing it, I still make mistakes. You know, that's the thing about people. If, if somebody wants to scam you, they will figure out a way to scam you. If they're good, no matter how good you are, they'll, they'll scam you. And you just have to, you have to accept that. And it's kind of like the whole Boy Scout thing of like prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So if someone says they need some money, I'll give them five bucks. If I'm in a situation where I can give them five bucks, I'm not going to give them $5,000. I just, one, I'm not in a position to do that. And two, it would, a person has to really prove themselves to me in ways that I'm not even a hundred percent sure how they could do it, where I would give them $5,000. There's, I can count like on one hand who I would give $5,000 to because I don't have it, you know? So um, so that's a good community, ApeSwap, if you want to explore BSC. I, I'm hesitant to because there's just so many rug pulls out there. But if, you know, if you're going to do it, look for the good communities. Um, SodaSwap was the one that rug pulled me. And being, there were some red flags and I saw the red flags and I did it anyway. I don't know if I told you, so I was in the middle of like, I was in the middle of going to the dentist and I was doing it on my phone. Don't ever do that. Big mistake. Um, it's very difficult to get a sense of what's going on when you're rushed. So don't do things when you're rushed. Don't, don't allow yourself to be rushed because that's what scammers do is they try to rush you. So you'll make a bad, bad decision because when people are rushed, 
they make bad decisions. When people are angry, they make bad decisions. When people are um, frustrated, when they're um, disoriented, they make really bad decisions. So that's so that's how con artists confidence confidence schemes work. Is they confidence schemes are different. You know, they get on your good side and they they try to convince you that they're that they're smart. But like shady people online, what they try to do is they try to push you. And and that's what that's what salespeople do. Like usually, like, like those you know shady car car salesmen, that's what they do is they they push and they push and they push and they push and they push, and uh, and that's where I mean that's what buyer's remorse is. You know, people make decisions they that in the moment seemed okay, and they get home and they're like, "Fuck, what did I do? I made such a bad decision. I let this person talk me into it," and that's all it is is I let that person talk me into it. They didn't make me do it. I let them. So that's why you got to always take ownership of your actions because you're the one in control of your money. I'm the one in control of my money. So I made that mistake with SodaSwap and I lost a lot of money. Luckily, it was all profit from three days before. So I didn't walk out, you know, with a big hole in my pocket. But the Telegram group of SodaSwap was a big red flag. Anytime somebody started to say anything bad, in the beginning, they would get kicked out of the telegram like I was. Um, and that's a pretty big red flag. So I've been in a couple other ones with some NFT projects. So I wanted to buy some artwork and like the site wasn't working or this wasn't working or something didn't go out. And they're out there just profusely apologizing. You know, when people are talking shit and they're like replying to the person talking shit, you're like, yo, we know, we know, we're sorry, blah, blah, this is what happened. You know, so you got to get a sense of like, if people are taking ownership of their um, mistakes, that's a good sign. Now, some people in the Discord group were like, "Oh, you know, that's part of the that's part of the confidence scheme, though," and they still rug rug pull you that way. So, you, like, there isn't you can like if you want to invest in crypto, you're gonna have to take a risk somewhere. But it's just a matter of trying to become educated so you make educated risks, like educated bets. And so as opposed to it being like 90% scam, 10% gain, you can try to get it to a 50-50. And then, you know, the more you're in there, the more people you meet, the more, you know, developers you come into contact with who you know are kind of trustworthy, then you start making more educated bets. And then it's like 10% scam, 90% profit. That's why these rich people tend to make a lot of money because a lot of these rich people, especially in Ethereum, are early investors and it's private sale. So like these new projects, they do private sale, then they do pre-sale, then they put the market, put the tokens on the market. And that private sale are for people like, like Crypto Cobain, Kobe, he's a perfect example. He, he's like, he's in a lot of early projects or Chico Crypto or, and I'm not, th I'm not like saying anything bad about this, but you know, if those guys are doing a lot of the research, a lot of these developers will sometimes um, dox themselves with these with these pre-sale. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that because I don't know for certain. I have I have a feeling they do. Um, I feel like it's a really inner circle type thing, but a lot of these people they're getting in really early, and that's and their their risk level is a lot lower because. When people reach out to them, any kind of early investor, 
they're, they're giving them a lot more information than they would give us because they want that person to make a really big initial seed investment. And they're not doing that with us because they don't want to do that with a thousand people. They want to do it with one person, right? It's like with filmmaking. You don't want to go to, you don't want to finance your movie with, with a thousand investors. It's just a pain in the ass. You want one or two investors who you can rely on, who are going to show up, who are going to give you the money when you need it. It's just, I mean, it's, it's just basic business. I understand it, but sometimes having a thousand investors is easier. <laughs> so that way if, if all the shit hits the fan, you know, you only have, you have a thousand people who lost a hundred bucks versus two people who lost a million bucks. Um, but so if you're not going to be an early investor, like a, like a private sale investor, if you're not, if you don't know all the inside stuff, I'm not, obviously this isn't financial advice, but for me personally, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I, it's, it's really, really like the siren song is calling me because somebody's like, holy shit. Like, and, uh, NFY Chico crypto tweeted about it. And within like a couple hours, it went from $6 to $500 for, yeah, $600, something like that. So, I mean, ridiculous gains, ridiculous. Was that like a hundred X? I mean, in an hour, a couple hours, it's, that is, that is so tempting to throw money at everything and hope that you get that hundred X in one day. That's, I mean, I almost feel like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out, but I almost feel like if I wanted to scam people, that's what I would do. I would do something like that a couple times and I would do this with my listeners. I'm not saying Crypto Chico is doing this at all, at all. I have no idea, but I'm saying my danger. So I'm always looking for what could somebody be, you know, I'm looking 10 moves down the board. I'm not, so I'm not saying anybody's doing this, but I'm saying if I wanted to, so I'm always looking like, what would I do if, if I were a bad person? What I would do is I would pitch you guys some cryptocurrencies, some, some, you know, rare finds, and then work with some people and pump them up and then just kind of let it sit there for a while. And then after like a couple months, slowly peter out, but you know, make sure everybody got their investment, blah, 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 or even just let it stay there forever and prop that one up and do that a few times. And then, you know, come out and say, this is, this one's going to be big. You know, I've, I've talked to the devs, blah, blah, and, and just come, you know, pump it up to like, you know, a hundred million dollars and then, or like, yeah, maybe like $50 million and then just rug pull. Like, oh, sorry guys. You know, that was, that was a bad one. And, but like, you know, there's ways of doing it. There's, there's people who four years ago, we, you know, me and JJ would talk about this, like, and, and I don't even know if it's the same person because a lot of people will sell their, their, their Twitter handles, but like crypto dog, you know, three or four years ago was in those scam groups, was in those pump and dump groups. Now, I don't know if, I don't know if it's the same crypto dog on Twitter. It could be a completely different person, 
because it's a dog with sunglasses on. And people are known to sell their handles. I think I think Krista Rose sold his handle. Um, so like we just you just don't know. Everything's anonymous here, so you have no idea. But like, I feel like I'm di- well. See, even though you don't know my face, you don't know my real name. I mean, if you really wanted to, it's not that hard to figure it out. I don't think anybody really cares. But if all of a sudden you lost five thousand dollars because because of it, I think you'd want to know who I am. Um, so like you just got to be careful out there. Just be careful. Um, so X die works pretty well. There's just not a lot of liquidity on there. I'm going to get back to the side chains. Um, so I wanted to, so, you know, if you, if you want to just like put some money in stable coins for a little bit, cause you're not sure what's going on. XDAI is a great place to do it because it costs, you know, a couple bucks. Um, one penny transaction fee, anywhere from like one to six dollars for the liquidity fee. So if you're, if, so versus, um, you know, the same two to six dollars, ten dollars liquidity fee on Ethereum with a seventy dollar transaction fee. So it's, you know, it's it's a uh, a lot easier. And there's something called like XBridge, I think, and that that's how I originally got it over there. Um, BSC, there's a there's something called OmniBridge, and that works between BSC and XDAI. So there's definitely ways if if of getting things around. Apparently, um, CZ stopped all trades for Ethereum, so you couldn't get your so you could, you could go from Ethereum to to Binance Smart Chain, but you couldn't go back to Ethereum. Um, so when this Omni bridge popped up, I was like, Ooh, nice. Just moved everything over there to, to X die. Um, I used Matic, which is polygon now zero X polygon. I think, um, I did the, uh, the Avogache. <laughs> I tried, that was, I don't know why I'm kind of, I'm getting caught up in the NFT thing. That's the other thing It's like, I think NFTs are like great for rich people, but once they start costing them, like, you know, more than like 0.05 ETH, you're paying, a, it's, it's a lot of money. Um, so just, you know, I, th- I think the other thing is like, it's, you know, be aware that always look at the USD value or the, or the pound value or the ruble value or wherever you are, whatever your fiat is, always look at the value of that before you do anything. Because these numbers there's so many different numbers and so many different variables and like one ETH is 2000, but one Matic is like five cents or, you know, so it's like, it, it's, it's, it, if you're doing a lot of stuff quickly, this goes back to that thing. It's like when, when people are rushed, they make bad decisions, especially about money. And this is what I'm constantly trying to, um, I'm just naturally somebody who wants to learn about all this stuff. So I'm, I'm doing it kind of fast and I, t- and I catch myself making mistakes. So like there's this one on BSC that um, one farming platform called Goose and they have eggs um, and they've gotten a few audits and it seems like a pretty reliable thing. It's been around for a few weeks now, which I guess in Binance Smart Chain is like a lifetime. Um, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to take risks and liquidity. I'll just put some you know, BUSD in there or BNB or something like that, um, whatever the stable coin was. And I just put it in there and I, and I, I hit it so fast. I was like, Oh shit. 
I didn't look at the 4% staking fee. So just off the bat, I've already lost 4% of my, my stable coin. So now I have to leave it in there long enough to at least make that 4% back. Or if I pull it out and put it somewhere else, I have to keep that in the back of my mind that I've already lost 4%. So there's just all these little things that they, that I don't want to say like they're actively trying to get you because it's pretty visually there. It's right there in front of, uh, in front of us. But like, you know, if you're like me and you, and you move fast in these situations, just take a breath, read everything. An extra 10 seconds is not going to make that much of a difference. I know it feels like it in the moment when something's pumping and you're getting down there like just as it starts to pump. It's not worth it. Just, you know, take a breath, reread everything, you know, do the, do the, do the math, do the math on a calculator, not in your head, you know, double check it, write everything down and then, and then make your play because, you know, you don't want to have to sell and do this and make mistakes. I was listening to, um, I forget, like Suzu, Suzu or something like I forget, I forget his name. Um, he was actually talking with Kobe, uh, Crypto Cobain, and I've never watched Crypto Cobain's pod, uh, show, but this, like, somebody tweeted about it, and so I just turned it on. And he said, rich people don't sell. And that kind of, like, was like a gong going off in my head. And part of it is, and and I was talking to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, rich people don't have to sell. You know, they can afford to lose it. I'm like, eh, that's yes, they can afford to lose it because they're not investing more than they can afford to lose. One. So they're being smart about their money. But two, they're probably doing a ton of research. And either one, they found the the perfect time to buy, and they're just not worried about it going down again. Or two they've they're investing in something that that they want to invest in for the long term so they don't mind if it dips a little bit you know warren buffett was is super famous for this of buying tops and then it just completely you know collapsing and people like dude he keeps on buying all these tops but then five years later that top is like 30 percent below where it is now and he looks like a genius so he wasn't really worried about when he bought. He just wanted to buy when it was right for him. And then he sold some airplane stocks and then they went up and everyone thought he was an idiot. And if he had just not sold, because he didn't need the money. Um, so that really kind of, that was a gong bell going off in my head of like rich people don't sell. Um, I'm, and I know that's being hyperbolic. Like, of course they sell. People sell all the time. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to push that, the idiotic HODL narrative, um, cause people sell their stocks all the time. People have retirement. Like if you have, if your crypto is, is a retirement account for you, event, you know, you're not, you're going to sell eventually. Like everybody has their thing that they're that, like, they're, that they want to get, like they want to get a house or they want to retire or they want to buy a pony, whatever, you know, everybody I, and I've said it in the past, like, you know, have that thing in mind. What are you, what are you trying to achieve? For me, 
I being an artist and being a bartender, I never invested in a 401k or anything. I, I didn't because you know I didn't have you know bar owners be like, oh, I'll match your 401k contribution. No, they don't give a fuck. They're like, here's your twenty five dollars shift shift pay. Get out of here. Um, so I have literally, I shit you not, like fifteen hundred dollars in a Roth IRA, and I'm in my forties. <laughs> so. I'm definitely not going to retire on that. So I am fucking going all in on crypto and I just have to like, so that's my thing is like, this is my retirement account. So I'm thinking in terms of 40 years from now. So when I make investments, that's what I'm trying to do now. It's, and it's hard because people are like, Oh dude, this one's going to hundred X. This one's going to 10 X. This is going to blah, blah, blah. But I have to constantly remind myself, is it going to be around in 10 years? Like I got to remind myself that I got to ask myself that question. Is it going to be around in 10 years? Now I'm pretty sure Bitcoin's going to be around in 10 years, but I don't like Bitcoin. And for me, that's just like, it's an ethical, it's an ethical thing. I don't, I just don't like, I I do. I, I, I don't want to get into it. If you, if you want to know why, I mean, I've already talked about like, energy use and this and that and like current technology is using less energy as technology advances like the new apple computers everyone's like blowing their load because it uses like one tenth the amount of energy as as the last year's model does like so you know things are getting less energy intensive because we're using more energy so it's kind of breaking even and we're able to do more stuff, but Bitcoin's the exact opposite, where it needs more energy over time. And I don't really want to get over into it. Um, you know, and that's what that's why I gravitate towards something like Nano or or you know Layer Two on Ethereum or I don't know. So I, I I look for stuff that I feel like can actually like how is it how is it gonna progress in ten years? Is it still gonna be around? Is it still be viable? Um, and so that's what I'm I've tried to put my money so that kind of is my way of like I fall off the wagon sometimes and last month this last month I fell off the wagon hard luckily I don't want to say luckily I lost a shit ton of money um when it comes down to it the fees I lost probably like I don't I don't want to say how much ethereum I lost but I lost a lot of ethereum just in transaction fees and I don't want anybody else to lose that much money. Um, luckily, it's not. I mean, it's a lot of money, but like, yeah, just don't do it. If you can, if if I don't know, I I, I feel like that's stupid to tell somebody not to do something because they're just going to do it anyway. But just think about it. That's all I ask. Just take a deep breath. You know, look yourself in the mirror and say. Can I really afford to spend $100 on this transaction? Do I really believe in this project enough where I feel like I'm going to make that $100 transaction feedback and as well as the other $100 transaction fee when I sell it back for Ethereum or sell it back for USDC? Like ask yourself these questions. Don't get caught up in the in the hype and the and the FOMO and the hopium. Um, you know, just be smart. So 
I'm probably not going to be doing any trading from now on just for tax implications reasons alone. I'm, I'm kind of nervous about it. Um, I'm not nervous about last year, but this year with the farming and all that, just talking to Sharon, I'm just like realizing like, holy crap, like I'm going to have like a million things I have to claim because with farming it's just nonstop. So if you're an American, I, I just, I can't, I can't, you know, in good conscience suggest you to even look at that as an option unless you have a really good accountant and you have a lot of money already. But if you're, you know, trying to build that way out, I don't know if that's the way. Um, because the IRS is going to come and they're going to be like, hey, you, know, you owe us a lot of money if you do do it that way um, versus just, you know, making an investment, you know, buying 10 Ethereum or something like that or five Ethereum or two Ethereum or one Ethereum or half Ethereum and just let it sit there for five years or some nano or some Bitcoin or, you know, whatever, whatever project you think is going to last is going to make it for 10 years. Um, so that's it. I didn't think it was going to be this long. If you're still here, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, Thanks to everybody who helped me get over 100 uh, subscribers on YouTube. They still won't let me change the URL, but hopefully that's in the pipeline at some point because that's on their website. It says 100. Once you hit 100 subscribers and have a banner and a picture, that you can change it. So hopefully that'll happen soon. Okay, everybody. I appreciate everybody who's listening. Be good. Learn from my mistakes. Don't lose all your money on Ethereum fees. All right.